Howdy and welcome to the 10-week Bible study. This is week nine, day five of our study of Joshua. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Joshua 22, 15 through 34. Welcome back to the 10-week Bible study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start? Jesus, touch us today. Fascinate us with your word. We want it to to consume us and fill us the, the knowledge of you. We want to hide your word in our hearts that we would not sin against God because we've hidden your word in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word of reading today from the NIV. This is Joshua 22, starting in verse 15. When they went to Gilead, to Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they said to them, oh, I want to pause right there. Before we jump into this, if you're just joining us, yesterday is very important. We saw that Joshua sent everybody home. And for the, the two and a half tribes that are on the east side of the Jordan, he sent them home and he gives them this one command, just whatever you do, go over, go back home, settle, redistribute everything, but make sure that you follow the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the first thing that they do when they go over is they build this giant altar that to everyone on the west side of the Jordan is like an affront to, and looks like them saying, we're charting our own course. We're going to make our own religion. We're not going to be worshiping at Shiloh at the, the Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle anymore. We're doing our own thing. And so they send Phinehas and a dispatchment, a dispatch of 10 men with Phinehas to go deal with this and find out what's going on. But they've already assembled to go to war. And so they're sending Phinehas as a messenger to say, hey, explain yourself, but everyone's ready to come and kill you <laughs> because this is bad and you sinned against the Lord and we don't want it to come back on all of us. And there's a reason for that. I'm going to dive, dive into that here. Verse 16, the whole assembly of the Lord says, how could you break faith with the God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and build yourselves an altar in rebellion against him now? Was the sin of, was not the sin of Peor enough for us? Up to this day, we have not cleansed ourselves from that sin, even though a plague fell on the community of the Lord. And are you now turning away from the Lord? So everyone in Israel, they are worried that what the people on the east side of the Jordan have just done is going to reflect on all of them, just like the sin of Peor is. The sin of Peor is found in Numbers chapter 25, and it's when the Israelites had come into this area. Um, long story short, the, the Israelites, they start intermarrying with the local women there, and immediately... The, the local women turn them on to worshiping their gods. And the name of one of their gods is the, of Baal or Baal, or it's, I believe it's actually pronounced Baal of Peor. And so they start worshiping Baal, which is a detestable foreign god. They start worshiping Baal and the, because of this intermarriage with these local women. And the Lord breaks out a plague amongst them. It's Phinehas that stops the plague. He goes in and he finds several of the key leaders of the Israelites who have married these foreign women first and started incorporating worshiping Baal into their, you know, their lifestyle. He goes and he finds the elders of Israel who've done this, that are leading everyone else astray, and he kills them with his own hand. And the Lord said it was Phinehas's zeal that stopped the plague. 
But all Israel is saying, listen, we did that. We've not even been cleansed of that. Like we still feel the burden of that. There's still tons of our friends and family members that are dead, that we remember, that we mourn every day because of that sin. And here you're going to do it again. We're all going to suffer because of this. So they're saying, we're not going to allow you to do this. We're going to take action so that the Lord views us as innocent. That's essentially what's going on. That's why they sent Phinehas. Because he was the guy that with the zeal to stop it in the first place. Continuing on verse 18. If you rebel against the Lord today, tomorrow he will be angry with the whole community of Israel. If the land you possess is defiled, come over to the Lord's land where the Lord's tabernacle stands and share the land with us. But do not rebel against the Lord or against us by building an altar for yourselves other than the altar of the Lord our God. When Achan, son of Zerah, was unfaithful in regard to the devoted things, did not wrath come on the whole community of Israel? He was not the only one who died for his sin. So again, they're telling the two and a half tribes, you can't do this. We're connected. We are all one people. And whatever you do, it may reflect on us. And so they're saying, repent and undo this now. They're saying, if there's something wrong in the land over here that's leading you astray, because it happened once and it feels like it's happening again, just abandon that land and come over to the west side of the Jordan River where the tabernacle of the Lord is. Don't abandon the Lord. Come over here where his presence is and be with us. It's not worth this is what they're telling them. But remember that it's not just going to, it's, it's not just your decision. It's not going to reflect on you. It's going to reflect on us as well. Verse 21. Then Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh replied to the heads of the clans of Israel. The mighty one, God, the Lord, the mighty one, God, the Lord, he knows and let Israel know. I want to pause right there. This is a very interesting statement, right? They're, they repeat themselves. Uh, they're adding this emphasis. They are emphatically going to deny the accusation here. For the people on the west side of the Jordan, it, it, it sure, it, it looks really bad. It's really good that they sent Phinehas and this delegation of 10 men before they went to war. That was wise on their part, as we're going to see here. But it sure doesn't look good. But here are the two and a half tribes giving their emphatic reply. Uh, he knows if this has been in rebellion or disobedience to the Lord, do not spare us this day. Verse 23, if we have built our own altar to turn away from the Lord, to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings or to sacrifice fellowship offerings on it, may the Lord himself call us to account. Verse 24, No, we did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, What do we have to do or what do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you, Reubenites and Gadites. You have no no share in the Lord, so your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. The Jordan River is not a large river most of the time. Now, it's in a flood stage. We know it's an imposing river they can't just cross without the Lord parting it. And so there is this natural boundary between the east and the west side of the Jordan in the Jordan River. 
And so what they're saying is, listen, we're crossing back over. We know that the land of Israel on the west side of the Jordan is this promised sacred place. We asked for the land on the west side. It wasn't originally part of this promised land. We asked for it and the Lord gave it to us. But we know that there's, it's almost like we feel the, the, the pain of almost being second class citizens to everyone on the west side of the Jordan. The Jordan feels like that division between the two. And we were afraid. We built this altar as a reminder that, hey, we are one people for fear that in future generations, you guys on the west are going to be like, those people on the east, they they didn't even want to come over to the west side of the Jordan what, what, where the Lord promised us in the first place. So they're not really part of us. We're not going to include them anymore. We're going to keep them out. We're going to treat them as foreigners. That's what they're saying is the fear. Verse 26. That is why we said, let us get ready and build an altar, but not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. On the contrary, it is to be a witness between us and you and the generations that follow that we will worship the Lord at his sanctuary with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and fellowship offerings. Then in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no share in the Lord. And we said, verse 28, if they ever say to us or to our descendants, we will answer. Uh, if they ever say this to us, that you don't have any share, look at the replica of the Lord's altar, which our ancestors built not for burnt offerings and sacrifices, but as a witness between us and you. Far be it for us to rebel against the Lord and turn away from him today by building an altar for burnt offerings, grain offerings, and sacrifices, other than the altar of the Lord our God that stands before his tabernacle. So what they're saying is, listen, we didn't build this thing to be an actual altar. This is not a functioning altar. We're not going to offer sacrifices on it. We, it's a replica of the one that stands before the tabernacle. And it's giant. And it's a replica. It's not a working altar because we wanted it to be this symbol of remembrance that we are part of you, that we are to cross the Jordan and go offer our sacrifices at the tabernacle uh, you know, in, wherever it's at if right now in Shiloh and, and wherever it's going to be, but it's on the west side of the Jordan. We're, we're only going to offer our sacrifices there, not on some new altar. It's not an altar. It's a, it's a memorial. It's a monument is what they're saying. And it's to, to have us. And, but more importantly, it's to have you guys on the west side of the Jordan. Remember that we're one in the same with you guys. Verse 30. When Phinehas the priests and the leaders of the community, when the heads of the clans of the Israelites heard what Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh had to say, they were pleased. And Phinehas, son of Eleazar the priest, said to Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, Today we know that the Lord is with us because you have not been unfaithful to the Lord in this matter. Now you have rescued the Israelites from the Lord's hand. This is about to get bad. Again, this is wisdom that they sent Phinehas and these 10 guys instead of just going to war with them. It probably, probably would have been wise for the people on the east side of the Jordan River to let everyone know what they were doing or send some messengers back to say, hey, this is what we're doing and why, just so you know. 
um, I guess it didn't cross their minds. They're building this thing and it's, it's their monument and it didn't cross their minds that they should probably say something about this. It must not have seemed like that big a deal. They're thinking about it in future generations. They're not thinking it's going to make everyone lose their minds so quickly. There's a good reason why it made everyone lose their minds, but they're just, they're not thinking about this. So this is a good resolution. It could have turned really bad, really quickly. And fortunately it didn't. Verse 20, 32. Then Phinehas, son of Eleazar the priest, and the leaders returned to Canaan from their meeting with the Reubenites and Gadites in Gilead and reported to the Israelites. They were glad to hear the report and praised God. And they talked no more about going to war against them to devastate the country where the Reubenites and the Gadites lived. And the Reubenites and the Gadites gave the altar this name, a witness between us, that is, the Lord, or that the Lord is God. <clears throat> Again, this this could have been this could have been bad, and it could have gotten really bad really fast. And fortunately, it didn't. Uh, sometimes selling this sending this diplomatic delegation is incredible wisdom, and in this case, it was. They sent the guy that they thought was most trustworthy to deal with this swiftly and without partiality because Phinehas had already shown that he could do that and he would do that. So they sent him, but he also proved that he was a wise man and could listen and be patient with these people and hear them out before they all just went to war with one another. Lord, use this as a unifying moment, as a, a moment to bring the people back together instead of just this rash mob mentality. And so this altar stood as a witness for who knows how long, probably hundreds of years. So it is a witness to remind everyone on both sides that they are in this together. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-week Bible study podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.